Harris is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? He's going for the corner. Kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Welcome, everyone, to our Week 12 podcast of the 2021 season. As always, Zach Ruley, Clint Maxey, and yours truly, Parker Biggs, here. Uh, We've had some excitement in week 11, a lot to look forward here in week 12, but I say we just go ahead and dive right into what we saw uh, on the field last week. Start off a lot of excitement in the big 12, uh, starting with Baylor taking down uh, Oklahoma uh, 27 to 14, really manhandling the Sooners and putting Baylor in a really good spot to potentially uh, get into the uh, big 12 title. Really? What are, what were your thoughts on that one? Uh, As an outsider, I was, Definitely shocked. These are the games OU typically they don't just win these. I feel like they normally dominate these November games, championship time for them. I mean, Lincoln Riley's never lost, correct? Until no, this year. They haven't lost since November since 2014. Yeah, that's which is crazy. Um I thought OU the offensive line looked good, in my opinion. Actually, protection yeah, was that, good. Yeah. They yeah. Caleb Williams had plenty of time on some of those throws. Um uh, did we determine if it was Gary or Jerry Bohannon? Gary. Gary, 100 yards rushing in the second half alone, right? Yeah. I mean, it was carved OU. But see, quarterback runs. Uh, Abram Smith had some really big runs, yeah, but, the, but yeah. a lot, but there was a lot of times when OU was bottling up the running. Yeah. And Brian Osamoa and was OU, great. Yeah. OU like was that. aggressively getting up the running back, but it just left. Yeah. I mean, they gave Bohannon could have run any play he wanted to and had no one would have no one within. Yeah, 10 yards. Alex Grinch didn't have an answer for that in the second half, which were the OU defense. I mean, maybe he did have an answer and they just didn't execute, but was definitely surprised by the outcome. Also, Spencer Rattler might be one of the only kids to ever be benched twice. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb Williams' bench. hand, was, I don't know if he was benched because he was playing bad or his hand hurt or a combination of both, but apparently his hand was healthy enough to replace Spencer Rattler again. But I, I was definitely shocked by the outcome. I, I'm sure – Part of you was, maybe you weren't. I'm not sure. I think there was signs that this was going to, this was coming into fruition at some point. I mean, they'd been playing with fire all season long, close wins um, throughout the season. I just think there was an expectation uh, that OU would, like you said, step it up here late in the season. They just, um, and we, I don't really know if that's going to happen. Um, I think the defense actually played pretty well Saturday. I just think that. They're on the field so much. Eventually, Baylor was yep. going to wear them down. They, kept, I mean, they kept OU in it. That's the only reason they OU, gave OU a chance. Yeah, they gave the, the Devons gave OU a chance. So, sure, they got worn down. Schematically, they could have, I think, prepared better for that quarterback run. But the, in general, I think the defense well. Just 
the offense was non-existent and it was from the get-go. That opening drive was just and that that pick Caleb threw was that was a bad, which, that was a freshman yeah. mistake. Yeah, both were trying to throw it out of bounds. Yeah, the first the first one I remember is that the one where he got hit in the end zone. Yeah, I yeah, think. that was a bad one because he just kind of threw it up there and yeah. landed in a guy's lap. But I'm honestly his, surprised that was the first interception he's thrown like that. He's done that multiple times where he just he throws a bad it up one like man. Yeah, he, he loves to go downfield. Though, yeah, is his problem. Yeah. He's got to learn to take the check down every so often. O- OU's game plan Saturday was. Hand the ball off or chunk it deep. Yeah, he mm-hmm. loves to go vertical, which is a problem. Doesn't good and bad. Yeah, but the thing is about what OU is doing, it's it it's been their problem throughout earlier in the season, especially when Rattler was still there going, is that they, I mean, there's opportunities to get the ball underneath or you know ten yard out routes or I mean, even at the end of the game. Sure, Baylor's probably playing soft and playing off the ball, but when it, when they had a that one touchdown drive in the second half is when they actually like didn't just chunk the ball deep. What are your thoughts on, and Drake Stoops, I don't know how you fans feel about him. I think he's a scrappy um, kid out there, but he played more snaps than Marvin Mims. That seems. Yeah. That's, that's like, like an I didn't Marvin, that. Mim, Marvin Mims is the best receiver on these roster, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think he is too. I, I, I Drake Stoops, I think he should, I, I've, he should play. He should 100%. play. And he's a really, really not. good possession receiver, but yeah, he should not more than Marvin. Yeah, so Marvin Mims is an all-big 12 caliber receiver. Maybe receivers struggle on Saturday. They're dropping passes. They mm-hmm. couldn't got, get any separation. Hazelwood got hurt, didn't he? He came back bang, in, though. He came back yeah. in. Yeah. It just nothing, nothing went went OU's way. It was then the offensive struggles really, really surprised me. I think the offense, for the most part this year, has been, especially since Williams has come in, has been they have been good, basically, yeah. ever. So, but this was also OU's first defensive test with Williams at the helm, so. Uh, Iowa State and OSU, and especially OSU, obviously both have really, really, really good defenses. So uh, we'll find out quickly what Williams is of at this point in his career. Yep. Um, but two yeah, big ones against two pretty solid defenses. I mean, yeah, yeah. So he'll he'll be tested for sure. And then so Baylor now in a really, really good position. They do have to play Kansas State this weekend um, in Manhattan. K State's rolling. I think they've won four or maybe five straight games. And are seven and three, uh, probably just right outside of the committee's rankings, I would assume, because they've got a, a pretty, pretty good resume. Um, so a tough one for Baylor, but they're now in a position if they can get that done. And then I think they play tech to end the season, uh, then they would be get into the Big 12 championship, right? No, not necessarily. They don't, they're, they're not, they don't, they're not locked in with winning out, are they? They are not because if not. OU were to, because, the OSU, yeah, OSU things, things could get tricky for Baylor. Yeah, so Baylor is the only one. Baylor, OU and OSU both control their own destiny. Yeah, they're Baylor's in the driver's not. seat, right? Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, but Baylor got themselves right back in it. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, drills TCU a week after TCU uh, shocked Baylor. Um, just pokes continue to to seem to be getting better and better, especially. Uh, the defense has been really good all year, but the offense is is rolling now. Uh, yeah, the offense. They I mean they rushed for 450 yards basically sheesh. Saturday, so the line's blocking well. They have, let me see, they had four guys or five guys counting Spencer rush for more than 50 yards Saturday, which is a pretty incredible stat. But now that the offense is is playing a lot better, like I said a couple weeks ago, reiterate it. The team goes as Spencer Sanders goes. If he doesn't turn the ball over, he's smart with the football. They're pretty well off, especially with as consistent as this defense has played. And they didn't – I think the backups are the ones that gave up the touchdown late. 
I know they scored 17. One of those was a uh, scoop and score fumble for the Horned Frogs, but Oklahoma State looked really, really good Saturday. And as a fan, I hope that uh, continues into Saturday against Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, another thing about Spencer is it's such a perfect situation for him. Like, it's a perfect situation for him to succeed with a good defense, a good running game, and then he can kind of just manage the game and not make mistakes. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't have to go out being didn't be a superhero. He right. Just, I mean, his stat line Saturday was seventeen to twenty five, two thirty five, and a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then fifty yards rushing. Like, that's pretty. That's nothing to write home about. But that was yeah. what they needed him to do. And if you watch him play, he's he's gotten a lot better and smarter about when to throw the ball away, when to step up in the pocket, uh, when to take off. He's, he's just gotten a heck of a lot better. And he made some really sharp throws um, the other day. So what's your biggest concern with OSU? I mean, because I mean, there's a lot of good, but I mean. It's still, um, I'd say Spencer is, is, we get down and he's like, and he feels like he has to try and do too much. Against Iowa State, even though they got down, he still did a good job of not forcing the issue. And he played, in my opinion, the best game he's ever played, even though we lost. Um, but I'd say my biggest fear with OSU is that it's OSU. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we've seen this movie a time or two before. But in this movie, the main character is the defense, not the offense, which I think defense is a little bit easier to um, be consistent right. week in, week out, especially right now. But they're getting the benefit of playing another freshman quarterback Saturday who's coming off a big game, similar to the um, Chandler Morris deal. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Chandler Morris. I mean – He looked like a freshman yeah, up there Saturday. He was a different, completely different cat than he was against, against Baylor. Um, but, yeah, OSU, based off of what you see on the field, I think is pretty clearly – I think the team to beat right now in the Big 12, which – they're tough. They, I mean, they're yeah. just like a tough physical. Spencer Tillman, I saw this on Twitter. He called them the, the most complete team in the country outside of Georgia, which to me is a little bit hasty. And I, I wouldn't go. I think it's giving far. probably giving Spencer Sanders a little bit too much. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a lot. Um, they scored sixty three against a very down TCU team. Now, if they keep rolling like this and they can do it against Tech yeah. and against OU, then maybe that's the case. But that was a little too high a praise. Yeah, but yeah, so Pokes, I think team to beat at, at this point. Um, but like, you just never know, especially when it comes to Bedlam with 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 Gundy. That's as an OU per- eighteen times ever. <laughs> yeah. as as an OU person, that's my that's my only glimmer of hope is just that you know Gundy Gundy's yeah. Bedlam. I don't know what gets going with that guy when he plays OU. It might he turns into like the coach from Waterboy, who can't their coach from the bigger school and like actually play ball because he stole his playbook or whatever. Like, I don't know if like Kale Gundy stole Mike's playbook when they were younger or something, but like, it's, it's insane how much OSU looks when they play OU. Yeah. But the good news is like you said, that this time around it's the defense they're being carried by. And I think a lot of those bedlam struggles have been where he just gets super, super conservative. With oh, that yeah. And th- this offense is already relatively conservative. Yeah, like so, they're going to you know, run the football yeah. bleed clock. Also, we're on to Texas Tech. We're, OU's not on anybody's mind. It's it's beating <laughs> the Red Raiders Saturday. OU is not a thought for the team right now. They got to get past Tech uh, coming off a big one anyway. So another – the one thing that made my – that could possibly almost alleviate the pain of the Sooners losing – uh, was uh, was Kansas getting knocked off by uh, 
or knocking off, sorry, Texas, 57-56 in the Jayhawks. First Big 12 road win since 2008. They got up big early, 35-14. Kansas, or Texas, sorry, stormed back, but uh, Jayhawks with that two-point conversion to win. Uh, This is now two losses for Texas to KU in what, the last five or six years? Yeah. Unbelievable. I I didn't think this this was possible. I need to find the list of teams that have beaten Texas multiple times in the past decade, but some of the teams on it, or no, be, that Kansas has beaten twice in the past decade. The, the list is disgustingly bad. And Texas is, I know. The, so I'm trying to think, I know the Boston college, a couple of, a couple I think of seasons South ago. Dakota state is yeah. or South Dakota, not South beat, Dakota state. Didn't they, they, they beat Texas tech last year or the year before. I know. I feel like maybe they've beat TC conference play. It is. Oh. The only team they've beaten twice in conference place in 2009 is Texas. That's unbelievable. That's gross. That is Texas. The Texas offense actually played all right, too. Uh, Casey Thompson had a big day 30 for 43, 358 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. But wow, that defense just is. Uh, I don't think they'll fire Sark. No. It's going to change all his coordinators. There's no way any of those. There's guys got you. Well, if one, you probably have to fire uh, the. The husband of the pole assassin. Yeah, they're owing three now since that. Yeah, and that's just outside of their on-field performance. That's just probably not the distraction you want around your team when you're Texas, who's been in a decade of suck, suck. Yeah, and then you lose five in a row, including loss to Kansas. Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna have to be some changes. It's so weird because I don't. I mean, they were a. I really do think they were a solid football team heading into into the Oklahoma game. It's insane. That also, after- we might need to we might need to start making this a weekly seg- segment. I looked up last week how many times Texas has lost four in a row. I'm going to look how many times they've lost five in a row. Or I think last time. four in a row is 1950 something. No, 1956 was the last time they lost five. This they had lost five in a row. Like they're on. Like they're well, there you go, guys, guys. That's less than 20 years removed from World War II. Yeah, they were playing in leather helmets the last. Time Texas was. This is the worst they've been. <laughs> Isn't that wild? This is like as yeah. bad as it's ever. Been. I know it never got yeah. as bad under Herman or Strong, which is incredible. Yeah, I'm sure those message boards are going bananas. You were talking oh my about the gosh, yeah. ones earlier. I bet the Texas ones are just so higher. I saw one where they were saying they should hire uh, uh, Art Bryles. Oh my god, <laughs> Art Bryles' he- name is going to stick around Texas school jobs for the next mm-hmm. like, four or five years, and then eventually he'll just ride off into the sunset. But he should, in my opinion, never coach again. No, he should, he should not. But the uh, the best thing I saw all weekend was the video of the parents of oh, the yeah. walk on. What Jared was named Jared Cable or Casey? Casey. K- Jared, Jared Casey. Casey. Yeah. Awesome video if you haven't seen it of Jared's parents. They're filming the two point conversion. He catches it. They don't realize it's him. You can hear. I'm not. I'm just gonna guess his dad in the background saying, "Oh my God, I think it's Jared. I think it's Jared." Um, he pops up out of like the scrum with the ball. They go bananas. He runs down to their end. It was it was an awesome video. Go watch it if you yeah. haven't. It's all over social media. That and then on the flip, the recruits, the five-star recruit, a four-star recruit laughing at Texas on their Instagram on live. their official visits on Instagram live. Never a good sign. No. Did not see I'm that. Telling you, the, the recruiting is gonna eventually it's it, maybe this is what it, I mean. That lost my I feel like it's got a, some sort of negative recruiting for Texas. I seem to churn out top 10, top 15 classes, no matter what, but 
I mean, that was, that was not good because they, especially when you make a coaching change, you, for a while you ride that new, new momentum, but yeah. that is all, all. Back to Sar. I don't think it would be fair to fire him. I think you got to give him a chance to clean yeah. up the locker room. Yeah. And cause I'm sure there's guys in there like the defensive line coach was talking about that just don't actually give a shit and they don't want to be there. Like give Sark a chance to clean that up and find guys who will play hard. Um, but there's no excuse to lose to Kansas yeah, there's not, ever. There's not. Yeah. The fact that they lost their fifth in a row to Kansas at home. I mean, when you're, when you have a recruiting. Oh, and the, crowd like was, that. and the crowd was dead. I don't know if you saw shots of the crowd. It was empty. There. I mean, rightfully, I mean, it's Kansas at home and they're terrible. Texas is terrible. So goodness. Kansas had a couple of guys, I got some, some hidden gems break out. They're running back Devin Neal. That guy had a ball game, 143 yards, three touchdowns. What was their quarterback's name? He was a freshman, and he uh, – It was his – it's not his first game. He came in, I, I believe, against Oklahoma State a little bit. Yeah, and so now they're trying to decide if they're going to redshirt. Right, he can only play two – I think he's played in two of the four. Yeah, so he can only play – he can make one more appearance, right? Or Jalen Daniels. Two uh, you can make – you have to – if you play more than four, you can't be right. It's Miles Kendrick. He's, wait, no, that's not him. Jalen Daniels. Yeah. Daniels, yes. He's a Calif- freshman from California. Yeah, Kendricks was the guy that played against OSU. But I actually see, I actually thought that uh Bean wasn't that bad at the beginning of the year. Like I thought he was very like he he ran well, threw an okay ball, but hey, I'm telling you, Lance Leopold, he, he is he'll be the guy that takes Kansas back to a bowl game. Yeah, it's gonna take some it'll take oh yeah, they're not close. They're yeah, not they'll, they'll take a full roster turnover, probably. But. Kansas will have to be patient, which I know is <laughs> I'm sure they've been patient for a while now, but He's a really solid coach. Yeah. I mean, he won what? Like seven three, national titles. At an Wisconsin insane amount of national yeah. titles. And they flipped Buffalo. Yeah. Like, to where, I don't think they were like a cellar dweller. They weren't great when he took over. And now they're a pretty respectable Mac team. But he, that dude can coach. He can, he can coach. That is for sure. All right. On uh, to the rest of our week. Uh, Michigan survives Penn State in Happy Valley, winning 21 17. Uh, this was a good one. Good close game. All, all. Uh, for the entire game uh, until their Michigan side end, Eric all uh, took it like, I don't know, I think a 47 yard touchdown with a little over three minutes left uh, to seal the deal. Uh, Penn state really continues to struggle to run the ball. They're not going to be able to, to beat uh, the, the top of the big 10 until they can figure out uh, running the ball only ran for 109 yards, averaged 2.6 yards for carry. Um, they're now 119th nationally in rush yards. They only average 106 yards per game and a little over three yards of carry. So Sean Clifford's playing well or pretty well. He had two, a little over 200 yards, one touchdown, no, no interceptions. Um, but until they can figure the run game out, they're going to continue to lose games for the last five now. So, um, yeah. All that being said, in my opinion, pretty solid victory for Michigan. I mean, it's yeah, really tough place to play. Like that was – Harbaugh not known for winning these sorts of games. He's yeah. he's winning them this year. So, um, Michigan, I think I'm not going to say they're going to beat Ohio State, but Ohio State can't stop anybody. Right, Michigan, Michigan can beat, beat Ohio State. Michigan State could beat Ohio State this week. Yeah, we'll get into they, that later. They, I mean, they, they Michigan they play hard defense. They run the ball pretty damn well. I didn't what they run for Saturday. Um, I know ha- I know Hassan Haskins had 156 yards. I don't know what they did. They have a nice 144 total yards. I don't think they had uh, three negative rushers, negative yard rushers. So they finished with 144. I don't think their RB 
I don't think the RB2 played in this one. I forget what his name is. Corum. No, he didn't. Corum. Did Corum play? I don't no. think so because I was looking for him too. He hurt? Uh, I don't know. I'll try to see. But, um, yeah, that was a, a good win for Michigan. The Big Ten East race is going to be exciting. Uh, Ohio State still has Michigan State and Michigan ahead of them. And then potentially Wisconsin down the road. Uh, it's People are ready. Okay, to so now we go back to the Ohio State-Oregon yeah. thing real quick. If Ohio State yeah, beats I know. Michigan, Michigan State, saying. and Wisconsin, there's no shot in hell they don't get gets the- in over them. If they both have one loss, yeah. like Ohio State would steal the last spot. I agree. That, now thinking about it a little bit more yeah. and actually – That resume would – That's or, the best resume in the country. There's a, Oregon could end up finishing the season without a ranked win because say they were to go went out and beat Utah twice, Utah would at least do have five losses. you do that though? Do you, can you sit – like in my opinion, looking at – so like Oklahoma State, for example, loses to Iowa State. Iowa State in the moment – I guess they weren't ranked, so that's not a good what about OU beating Texas? Texas was ranked when right. OU beat So them. I don't think you can say, oh, Texas was terrible when they played. No, you know they weren't. They were a solid football team. There's like a, there's a medium there. It's right. hard. You, you, you judge it based off a number. Correct. Like, I mean, now, now maybe Texas is like, they, they're dog water now, but they were they were a pretty solid football team. Yeah. If they beat OU, who knows? If they, a if they, wins and they're in the top 10 right oh, now. If Texas went, finishes off OU, Totally flips their season. They're uh, mm-hmm. they would have had the Arkansas loss already. They're probably a two or three loss. Team so I don't think you can go back and look loss. and be like, oh well, Oregon didn't play any ranked teams just because Utah wasn't in the final ranking. They've been in the rankings enough. Yeah, and Utah to justify them being a solid football team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're right that those resumes would not be very comparable either way. <laughs> um, touched on this a second ago. Beat A and M twenty nine nineteen. Uh, their defense. Who we haven't said often about length fences. Um, but Matt Corral been solid, not really spectacular 24 for 37, 247 yards, touchdown. The really ground game is where they got it done, rushed for 257 yards. Jerry and Ely with his second consecutive 100 yard game, he ran for 152 yards, which was a season high. And they had a couple of interceptions of Calzada, including a pick six. I'm um, really solid win for Ole Miss. Yeah, they. From what I watched of the game, they kind of made Calzada beat him, yeah. which he's a very average game manager quarterback, and he's done what he's needed to do yeah. to his credit. But um, Ole Miss came to play. That is a sneaky, tough place to play, in my opinion. Especially when there's game day was there. Yeah, and how boozed up those people get yeah. down there before one of those things. Um, but that, that was a really good win for Ole Miss. Kind of, Do they still have a chance in the SEC West, technically? Um, yes, they do. They need some help though. They I would guess. need, they need somebody to beat Auburn. Well, the thing is that, well, so they have two conference losses. Alabama has one conference loss, right. but, they, but Alabama has a tiebreaker. So they probably need to end up in like a three-way tie with Auburn or for Alabama to lose their last two. So if Arkansas, Arkansas is, yeah, they need Arkansas. They're cheering for Arkansas. Yeah, Saturday. they're definitely cheering for Arkansas on Saturday. Um, keeping it in the SEC, Florida. Things are just getting worse and worse for Dan Mullen. They did win 70 to 52 over FCS Samford. Home Good of Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, home of uh, several uh, uh, Spurrier, not Spurrier, uh, Bowden, I think, played there at Samford and they're there in Birmingham. And I think, uh, and I think so did Jimbo. So I think Cortland Finnegan also played there. If you guys remember him, he played defensive back for the Titans. Oh, I remember 
I do remember that. He fought on. He, he fought Andre Johnson. Yeah, I was about to say. I literally pictured that exact video right when you said his yeah. name. Yeah, his helmet. His helmet <laughs> getting ripped off. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a great video. Yeah, but it's, but Florida gave up forty-two to an FCS opponent in a half, and that was the most points they've ever given up in a half in the history of Florida football. Uh, Samford quarterback Liam Welch threw for four hundred yards and ran for sixty-five yards. I think the first time I think I read that was the first time Florida's given up uh, four hundred yards and fifty or more rush yards to a quarterback ever. So. I mean, they've already fired their DC. They've ran them. They've made some other staff changes. Uh, I do think I don't think I do think Mullen will will survive the season. But that I think it's another situation where that whole staff's going to be turned over by next year. Because if he had lost, if they had lost Saturday, if they oh, lost Saturday, oh, he gets. Oh, I know, but over under ten minutes after the game, he's fired. I'll say over but not by much i mean like maybe 12 yeah, 13 yeah like, minutes he gives like, a little half he like, like he might not even get to give his hat or his post game spiel to the team god they lose that one so let's move on to the uh wake forest nc state game huge win for wake forest uh to to keep themselves in the pole position in the acc uh went 45 42 went over really good maybe one of the more well-rounded in, or acc opponents sam hartman not uh with an enormous game but through for 290 yards had three touchdowns did throw three interceptions and then Justice Ellison had that go-ahead touchdown run. I mean, I think that was – I keep thinking that they're going to lose games. I doubt Wake Forest, but that's a, a good, solid NC State team that they beat. So, uh, I was impressed. That's probably the second-best defense. I think, actually, statistically, Clint can probably check. NC State before that game was top three in the ACC. And then they kind of got – NC State also probably, the little caveat, they probably win the game if they don't have 120 yards – yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that'll kill you pretty much any time against any opponent. But Wake, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons are the best team in the ACC. I think they're going to win the conference. I think this. I'm. I'm really. We'll talk about this in, out, down there. But I'm excited about that. The Wake Forest Clemson game. I think it has the chance to be really. really... Yeah. Say so I'm going to be pulling for Wake. Those are my guys. They're the lovable. They're. They're. They've been a bottom tier. Yeah, in that no, conference. I'm all bored. So how can you all not root? All of America should be, yeah, no, especially see any. Everyone team, should be rooting for Wake. Yeah, like the Clemson's had their their time in the sun. They're in a very down year. Let Wake beat up on them Saturday. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all I love the idea of Wake Forest running the table and just being in that conversation on uh, the selection day. That'd be awesome. You were just asking me about surprise or miracle OSU seasons. This is oh wait, my this gosh, is like insane because this is so yeah. cool. I'm not gonna. I'm sure they call themselves a basketball school just because of some they're of their not talent. a, a sports school. They're not mm-hmm. a sports school. They're actually very good at women's golf. But aside from that, they're I mean, it's football is not in their fourth. And this year they've just they I mean, they've shocked the college football world relatively, I guess. There's probably not a ton of people talking about Wake, but it's an awesome story. And they they are fun to watch just because of how much they score. Yeah. They light it up. Yeah. So Wake Forest, big one coming up. Uh, if they just win one of their last two games, they secure a spot in the ACC championship game. So a lot on the line for the Demon Deacons. Uh, Ohio State, uh, offense, huge game. Uh, put up nearly 60, beating Purdue 59 to 31. Stroud with probably his best game to, to date, 31 for 38, 361, five touchdowns. They ran for 263 yards between uh, Meon Williams and uh, Travion Henderson, and then three receivers with over 85 yards, including Alave and Wilson. And then once again, Jackson Smith 
in jig in, in jigba sorry uh was a leading receiver 139 yards and a touchdown so i mean this offense is the best thing uh, yeah just insane depth at that receiver back i mean they they score at will i will say that i i don't think purdue is going to win by any means uh what was the spread on this it was pretty large what it was like 21 okay i think they might have had a better chance covering uh i think it was in the second quarter possibly and they were trading the Purdue Turner just like had a brain fart or he let, I don't know if you saw it. He let the ball on the kickoff, let the ball bounce inside the 20, but on a fair catch, you still have to catch the ball. So he fair caught it, but he never caught the ball. He tried to play it off the bounce. It slipped through his hands. Ohio state picks up a fumble, like the 10 scores in two plays. And then they're just off to the races from there. So a couple big time momentum shifts that Purdue could have avoided. And maybe played a little bit tougher, but Ohio State, if their defense could figure half of something out, they can't cover. They cannot. They cannot cover. I mean, I mean, David Bell is a very good receiver. David Bell is probably the best receiver in the country. Yeah, like we said last week, might might win the Blintnikoff, but but they, it wasn't I'm, just him. No, it's everybody. So Bell good. had 103 yards, but then um, um, Wright, uh, Milton Wright had 98 yards. Anthrop had 66. I mean. Aiden O'Connell threw for 390 yards. That's carving. That's carving. No interceptions. That's yeah, like that's carving someone when you do that. I mean, if you just even if you go back, looking back at the beginning of the season is really relevant. But if you just go look back at that Tulsa box score, they got Davis Brin, who is horrible, threw for 400 over 400 yards. The guy couldn't beat Navy, and he torched Ohio State. He looks like. Prime Troy Smith against Ohio State. I just think that this year is there. I think there's going to be so much chaos ahead of us. I just, I, I can't, yeah. I don't know if these guys can go, especially under. in the Big Ten and the Big 12. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Could get wild. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay. Moving along. Um, hey, before uh, we go on, real quick, I was just going to look at these passing defenses and Ohio State and Michigan State. Michigan State has the worst passing defense in the country. So that might be Michigan quite State a, does? Yes. So Stroud's going to line him up, Clint? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Clint's saying his bet of the week is C.J. Stroud over, over passing total. Yeah, that That's and Olave be... over everything over. <laughs> I mean, this that same Purdue offense tore up those Michigan State DBs, too. Yeah, this is because this Ohio State-Michigan State game could be, could be a high-scoring one. All right, moving along here, uh, Tennessee – Gave Georgia a little bit of a scare, uh, uh, but eventually the dogs roll a 41-17. But Tennessee scored on their first drive, took a 10-7 lead. I mean, early in that game, looked like they were, they were going to give Georgia even a little bit of tr- trouble. But uh, second quarter, Georgia really turned it around, um, turning over Tennessee twice and scoring 27 straight points to, to kind of end the game by early second half. Yeah, Tennessee's still a program, in my opinion, headed in the right direction, but Georgia's a different beast and a little too much to handle. I uh, think that I think that's the best the the toughest test anyone or Georgia's had. That yet. was their best win all year, right? That or Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> or Clemson. Or Clemson. Oh, Clemson. Yeah. I mean, one of those three. Once Wake Forest beats Clemson by twenty points Saturday, that won't be Clemson's bad. So yeah. I don't. I, I, Georgia's best win actually is Kentucky. Yeah. Or or Arkansas. Arkansas. 
Oh man. They <laughs> did dismantle Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say Arkansas though. The bunch of very similar wins. Yes. Uh, but I mean, kind of like those tier three SEC teams that they do tier three. Did you see I that uh Georgia or Tennessee's opening drive, they had more yards on the opening drive than uh, Georgia's defense gives up or averages per game. I did not wow. see that. That's pretty crazy, though. Yeah. Insane. Uh, Hendon Hooker played pretty well. It was his worst game of the season statistically, um, but it was against Georgia's defense. Threw for 204 yards and a touchdown. But the key was they couldn't run the ball at all, only ran for 55 yards. Georgia's rush deep. You know, no one's going to be able to run the ball on those guys. So. No. They got too many grown men in the in the trenches in the front seven. Yeah, some grown, that's for sure. Keep it in the SEC. Mississippi State comes back uh, from a 28-3 deficit to beat Auburn 43-34. They scored 40 unanswered. It was the biggest comeback in school history. Uh, and their, before they get their largest comeback in school history was a, their 20-point comeback against Louisiana Tech earlier this season. Will Rogers throws – uh, for 415 yards and six touchdowns. So uh, a really, really solid win for Mississippi State. Tough loss for Auburn, and Auburn loses uh, Bo Nix for the season in, um, in the process of losing. Going to defend Bo Nix. He did not play bad. He just shattered his ankle. Those yeah. are two very different things. Yeah, he did not play bad. Um, they weren't rolling before he got hurt, but they were winning the football. I think they might have started to lose the lead a little bit once yeah. before Bo went out, but. I'm not going to say they win with Bo in a quarterback the whole game, but I'm sure things look a little bit different. Uh, Will Rogers, he's a pretty good quarterback. I think only a soft really, really good. He's been on fire. Yeah, he's a uh, – I feel like Leach hasn't really found his guy at Mississippi State yet, like one of his t- style quarterbacks. Rogers, that's, that's – yeah. Rogers might be his first. Um, kind of like he finally got one at Washington State. It was Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. just a kid who's – comfortable throwing it 60 times a game yep and he's good at it uh but mississippi state i don't know they're in the playoffs somehow with four losses and they're not like four great losses are they i think alabama is one of them alabama A&M maybe no they beat AM. oh that is one of their weird wins they're just i feel weird, like they lost weird, to lsu they're a weird, yeah they did they're a weird weird team let's see they lost to Arkansas in Fayetteville, 8 They lost to LSU 28-25. They lost to Memphis. Yeah. That was that crazy kick return game. They beat La Tech by one to open their season. So they're just, I mean, they're all over the place. But since they're in the SEC with those four losses, uh, they're going to get some leeway. Yep. Yes. They will. They do have the Egg Bowl, though, still. And that's going to be Miss, a good game. Yeah, if Ole Miss can stay where they're ranked, um, that's going to be a huge one. Yeah, that is going to be a good one. Um, Oregon holds on to beat Washington State. It's been the same Oregon we've basically seen every week since since that stunning win over Ohio State. They run the ball really well. Anthony Brown had a really good game on the ground, run, ran for over 120 yards. Uh they don't throw the ball very well or efficiently, only 135 passing yards, and they play solid defense. I, there's just not much to these guys. They're good. Yeah, they do what they have to do, which, I mean, as of now has been minimum. Their schedule's not great, as we've talked about, but they're winning. You can't discredit winning. They're 
their name on the ESPN app is the one in bold. Yeah. The number is. So yeah. they are, uh, they're finding a way. We're, uh, we'll find out more about them this week. Though. They do run the ball really, really well. Really well. But like we were just saying, this is probably the toughest test defensively. Yeah. Utah traditionally always has great defensive oh, lines. Yeah. yeah. You got Morgan Scally at defensive coordinator and Winningham's defense is always really good. So that's going to be a test. I think that that's going to be, it could be a low scoring game. Um, all right, moving along here, a little quicker through some of these ones. Texas Tech, uh, stunning Iowa State on that 62-yard field goal to make this even a more dreadful season for the Cyclones. That was wild. The Cyclones are pulling, like, like I, I think I mentioned it last week, like a normal Oklahoma State ton of preseason hype, like kind of let down. OSU doesn't even lose, like, these no. ones. Like, normally we cut it off and, like, you get a little bit of hope back built right. up again and then you lose another big one. Iowa State's just losing. Who do I mean, so they finished Oklahoma, and I don't know who their last game is, but it's, and they're probably going to finish with a seven with the seven to five regular season. They uh, not the it might be the Cactus Bowl. What oh. they're headed for? Yeah. Um, they play Oklahoma then TCU at home. So, yeah. so they're going to more than likely be a five loss team to end to end the season. The kick was awesome, sixty-two yards, and that could really that was good from sixty-seven. Yeah, that was that was a bomb right down the middle. Kid's got a cast on. I don't know how a kicker breaks his hand, but I know sixty-two yard field goal. That was unbelievable out of a college kicker. Uh, Donovan Smith, not quite ready to call him the real deal, but he showed some promise for Tech at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach McGuire certainly was probably not too disappointed. I love he's he's six five two thirty. That plays at the quarterback position. He Tech- moves well. And, and amidst them having a coaching change, they have had one of their one of their better seasons in a while. Yeah, I don't think I called Tech outright, but I did say you only get one chance at a first impression. That yeah. was a good one to make for some of the guys yeah. on the team. They they played hard um, with the new coach watching, and hopefully for Tech fans, they continue to improve. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Florida State. Beats Miami 31-28. Big one for FSU Miami. Ends their three-game winning streak. Uh, Florida State seems to be improving throughout the season. That's, you know, something could be said about that. They didn't they didn't give up. They, they're, I think that was their fourth win of the season. Um, but, yeah, two very mediocre teams. Yeah, and those teams still battle each other recruiting-wise. Yeah. Rivalry games. So, that meant some guys down there. And Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch a snap I didn't watch it, I'll <laughs> Yeah, so I've got nothing more on that one. San Diego State with a big win, big win in the Mountain West, beating Nevada 23-21 to put themselves back in the uh, uh, in the top spot in the West Division of the Mountain West. Uh, that's the Mountain West is very deep this year. A lot of good teams, um, especially that division. Yeah, San Diego State, uh, Fresno State, Nevada are all really really good. Um, uh, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, beats a bad South Florida team, 45-28. Their offense looked better, but their defense – Giving up 28 to South Florida? I, I mean, I'm getting – I've been a high, really high on Cincinnati's defense, and I think they are really good, but their front seven has not been as effective uh, against the run as you would hope trying to make the college football playoff. Uh, Michigan State beats Maryland, 40-21. to Fun fact, uh, Michigan State had their fourth flea flicker touchdown of the season. Wow. Kind of a crazy. That is game. a fun that's, fact. Yeah. That, that's all I've got on that game. Uh, uh, Arkansas beats LSU 16-13 in double overtime. Um, did you 
I didn't see any of it. That's a great win for Arkansas. Yeah. Um, I think I picked Arkansas. No, we were both on LSU. Yeah. Wait, we did? Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, outed me a lot this year, especially at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I didn't. Th- I thought they'd be solid because Sam Pittman's a, he's a good coach, gets his guys to play hard. Um, I think I put a little too much stock into Coach O. They're going to play hard for the guy in his last couple games in the Bayou, but uh, pretty brutal loss in another disappointing season for LSU. Yep. Uh, kind of opposite and a little more not – well, I guess not. I was thinking it was higher score than that. But Pitt uh, survives North Carolina 30-23 to 23 in overtime. That was on Thursday night. That was a – I think the best Thursday night game we've had since since week one. We haven't – Thursday night games – those used to be awesome growing up. Yeah, what a cover by uh, Pitt, too. Game, essentially. And then UNC storms back, forces overtime. Pitt scores. I think the line was six. Yeah. They ended yeah. up winning 30-23. Uh, shout out to the to Kenny Pickett and the Penn Panthers. Barely hung on, though. All right. UTSA uh, stays undefeated. Kind of got I – mean, this was a close one. A real scare against a bad one-win Southern Miss team. So, uh, UTSA wins, though. Notre Dame rolls Virginia, who 28-3. But Virginia was without Brendan Armstrong. That's clear what he means to that team. Because Damn it. that's a good, 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 good offense with him. Really, really one of the better options in the country. And then they hopefully a dud on Notre Dame. Hopefully he plays this week. Yeah, they've they've got a I think they've got a good game. Don't they? They play Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah. could be, be a lot of points if he plays. Uh Kansas State wins again, uh beating West Virginia. Uh SMU gets back on track after losing two in a row. Pounds Central Florida 55-28 offense. Uh looked a lot more in sync than they had. Houston remains beaten, uh remains unbeaten in AAC play with a uh, walk in the park win uh, Iowa beats Minnesota 27 to 22 and Arizona State uh, beats Washington 3530 um, any thoughts on any of those ones Adios Jimmy Lake yep uh, rightfully so they're not winning games he's had some He's been in the news for the wrong reasons this year, and you can't not win football games and do that. So yeah, a clown. You can you can have a bit of a clown show if you're winning football games. Yeah, winning cures everything too. So if he would have been saying those and then going out and beating the brakes off people, but and from what I've been reading, recruiting's down, yeah. which is odd because Jimmy Lake as an assistant was a yeah. good recruiter. I'm not going to call him an ace, but he was a really good recruiter. So they lo- like that was Chris Peterson's Lincoln Riley. He pulled the Bob Stoops. He retired. Because he thought Jimmy Lake for that program. Just yeah, he was wrong. All right, now into our uh, instant reaction to the college football playoff rankings. Here we go. Here is our uh, immediate reaction to the college football uh, rankings for uh, week 12. College football playoff rankings. Uh, it is 6.30 here in the central time zone. So uh, show is still going. Fresh uh, rankings. I'll just kind of run through them here real quick. Uh, t- uh, number one, Georgia, no surprise there. Alabama, two, three is Oregon, Ohio State, five, Cincinnati, six, Michigan, seven, Michigan State, eight, Notre Dame, nine, Oklahoma State, 10, Wake Forest, 11, Baylor, 12, Ole Miss, 13, Oklahoma, 14, Baylor, and uh, 15, Wisconsin. We can kind of touch on some of those later ones. BYU, by the way, you said Baylor at 14. BYU is 14. Oh, yep, BYU 14. So, really, what's your, uh, what's your, the first thing or main thing that stands out to you? Uh, from this uh, set of rankings? Um, pretty much stays the same. Kind of surprised at how far OU fell for that loss um, to a top 15 opponent on the road. But 
other than that, everybody, I guess, from OU1 moved up. OSU moved up a spot. Notre Dame moved up a spot. But, yeah, for the Sooners to fall that far seems a little harsh. But, um, man, I and then Baylor didn't award it. No, much they went up two spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that seems productive. But let me, I wonder what they actually think of the Big 12. Um, seeing as though they never had Oklahoma that high anyway. But I, like you said, it's pretty – pretty cut and dry what they did nothing nothing crazy uh i agree i kind of thought oklahoma would be at 11 or 12 still being only a one loss team uh they put a couple two in front of them baylor which isn't really surprising considering how the teams looked against each other on the field on saturday but then Ole miss too after that nice win over a and m uh with two losses uh, gets uh, ahead of oklahoma uh beyond that i Kind of thought Oklahoma State was going to move up to number eight and maybe jump Notre Dame. I think OSU's resume is better than the Notre Dame's. I think they look better. But uh, pretty status quo for the committee. Beyond that, uh, A&M stays in the, almost in the top 15, only dropping to number 16 after that loss to, to Ole Miss. I think they're the highest-ranked three-loss team – or no, second-highest-ranked. Wisconsin's all the way up to 15 uh, off that five-game winning streak. But – not a, not a whole lot. Uh, Houston got in at 24, so that's a potential no, another uh, top 25 win for uh, for uh, Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, I, not not a whole lot uh, of – Four loss Mississippi State. Yeah, four loss Mississippi Sneaking in there as well. Hey, they have – if you beat enough okay teams, your losses to those very, very similar okay teams – do not matter at all. Yep. I mean, that, yeah, four loss Mississippi State is in at 25. Um, so they'll probably lose again here soon and then bounce back in when they get that, that seventh win. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think beyond the actual rankings, kind of want to touch on what this means for like the playoff path for these, for these teams. Like Reese Davis touched on just a second ago on the ESPN uh, rankings reveal, reveal show. No team has been lower than nine at this point in the season and gotten into the playoffs. So I think that's something to keep an eye out with Oklahoma specifically. If they were were to run the table, uh, do they have the do they have the the capability of even getting back into that top four? Um, but I guess on the other side, potentially good news for Oklahoma State. I mean, they're at that nine spot, so I think it shows that if they are on the table, they're in a you know just at the moment in a much better, more well equipped to potentially get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, any other reactions just playoff related? No, not really. They, they like you said, they were pretty consistent with the rankings again this week. Similar I, to they've been. And I've kind of, I've been on the other side of this uh, in the past, but I think it I think it's time for Ohio State to jump Oregon. Yeah, Oregon's yeah. pretty shaky, which I mean, after watching them Saturday, I just I don't even know if they'll win this Saturday in Utah. So right. I like and I'm all for head to head. I think head to head is very, very important when you're looking at similar teams i just don't think that right now that they're very i think ohio state's just significant yeah that was 10 weeks ago. yeah that was a, like that's that's a lot of football in between now and then so if it really does come down to it where let's say oregon and ohio state are just clearly no other teams involved clearly one more spot do you think they'll keep that head-to-head or do you think since it's uh, so earlier in the I, year i think they will if it literally was just those two teams involved in one spot of it i don't know i think i think they'd find a way to split them before then i think they'll I think they'll start to drift. I think eventually Ohio State's going to jump them, and then they're going to slow. Well, if that's assuming Oregon has Utah this week, I will say if Oregon wins out, they they handle business. You can't 
yeah. let Ohio State jump them because Oregon didn't win as sexy as Ohio I, State. You're right. I know. Yeah, you're probably right. Just because they they played who was in front of them, they beat Ohio State head to head. I think if they're both one loss, there's one spot left. I just think neither of us think that's actually happening. No, yeah, it won't. It won't I think it'll play itself it out. But yeah, that's uh, I guess yeah, gotta go probably head to head there. Uh, yeah, two one loss Power Five champions. Uh, Wake Forest at ten though. There, I think I said ACC was eliminated last week. I don't think I think there's I think a lot would have to happen. I think they need more help than a one-loss Big 12 champion for sure. But uh, there, there is, I think, still a potential route with some some craziness for Wake Forest. And yeah, that would include SMU beating uh, Cincinnati this week. How far in a hypothetical scenario would Cincinnati drop if SMU beat them? In the, well, de- late, I would say late teens. Seven, I mean, well, it depends on how they looked. I mean, I, I would yeah. think teens, though. Probably, yeah, probably 18, 19, somewhere in there. Yeah. Those are the situations that's so interesting to think about what would happen because, I mean, you, you just don't know. Like with OU, I don't, know if, I don't know if I was surprised at 13 or not. And same thing with Baylor. It's just kind of a weird situation where you just – you honestly have no idea how they're going to do it, especially something with that in the athletic. Yeah. No. Who is I, – I, I think Baylor should be ranked in front of Oklahoma, but I do think there's an argument that could be made for OU being in front of Baylor still, just that they do have the one loss. And, but I mean, the thing is just that, that OU just hasn't beaten anyone yet. So I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if OU was even a couple spots lower, but I, I wouldn't have been, I mean, you could, I don't even, I don't think anyone really knows what to make of them. At this yeah, point. It, yeah. And there's just so much, there's still a lot of football left. So. Yeah. It's kind of a weird week to talk about playoffs too, because it's like, it seems like it's getting towards the end, but there's still so many huge games and conference championships, of course. Yeah. There's a lot to be. Yep. Um, anything else? I think no. that's it for the reaction. All right. Let's uh, head into our uh, headlines for the week. All right. Starting off with our headlines here. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Washington parts ways with Jimmy Lake uh, after um, he actually didn't coach this last week. Um, bad on the field results, offense non-existent, has had several off-the-field issues, calling out Oregon for really no reason at all, hitting a player. Um, and like really was talking about a combination of those things you know, is gonna gonna lead to a firing. This is a a really really good Pac-12 job. This is there's a lot of good jobs opening right now. Um, and if it weren't for the USC and LSU openings, I think this one would probably get um a little bit talked about a little bit more. It's one What's of the, the third best job in the Pac-12. I was I just you, thinking that one. I would say it's third or fourth that or UCLA. I would say it's third. I think it goes the best job is USC. The second best job is Oregon. I think Washington is third, and I think UCLA is the fourth best job. And then Utah five. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, um, it's a really good job, though. Yeah, I mean, it's they've got really good facilities. It's a good school. It's a beautiful campus in Seattle, um, in a major metro uh, major metro area. The first name I saw pop up was University of Oklahoma's old friend Jay Norvell. I have seen that name pop up too. That would mean he's done a really, really good job at, at Nevada. Uh, Turn them around. He's fourteen and five over the last two years. It would make some sense, you know, he's in that. Utah State's head coach, I think, is probably going to get thrown around there, even though it's only his first year. It's his first year, and he's – that's already a – you know, that's already a weird weird fit for him. He's a southern guy. He's a Malzahn system guy, so he's he's already out of his comfort zone. But 
yeah, I mean, the way they're playing that would make some sense. Name I like a lot uh, would be uh, Cal's head coach, Justin Wilcox. Yeah, he's good. He was their DC at Washington before. Mm-hmm. Cal's just Cal, so they're kind of – They don't always, have any they, – you know, the resources aren't right. incredible. But they've had some good seasons. Yeah, just, he, he does a good job for what he's provided. So I think that's that's a name to watch for. Uh, I've seen Chip Kelly's name tossed around a little bit if he were to want to make a change and get back into the Pacific Northwest. Um. Uh, BYU's Kalani Sataki with what he's done uh, over the last two seasons, 19 and three over the last two years is in that neck of the woods. He spent time at Oregon state. So he knows that region. Um, and he's just a really, really good football coach. So that'd be another name to watch out for. Um, but yeah, another, another big time opening. Uh, and then another firing, this one, not surprising either. Virginia tech fires, Justin Fuente, who was 43 and 31, six seasons in Blacksburg. Uh, won 19 games in his first two seasons and was actually the ACC coach of the year in year two. But then the last four years, things have fallen apart. 24 and 23 over the last three years, losing record against FBS opponents. Uh, recruiting was one of the main reasons. Virginia is a hotbed for recruits, really, really talented, rich state. Uh, but they were not getting it done. Had the 76th ranked class uh, in the country for 2020. And they just weren't recruiting the in-state guys. They haven't had top five Virginia player in the last couple of years. And they were recruiting Texas, not like high-end Texas player. They were recruiting Texas pretty heavily, which my understanding really rubbed some some Virginia Tech or some Fuente, Virginia high school coaches. Fuente is a Tulsa Union grad. So and, a, hey, and a fellow uh, Oklahoma Lambda Chi Alpha. No way. Yeah, before he well, transferred. I did not know that. Yeah, he played football at OU and was a, a Lambda Chi. Wow. Yeah, so a brother. So I'm with you, brother. <laughs> a brother. <laughs> You should reach out to him. And let yeah, him just there. let him know. Yeah, the brotherhood's with him. Um, yeah, but this is a good job, man. They don't. They've got to step up the resources. Their assistant coaching salary pool is low for ACC standards. But like I said, in a talent-rich state, in a, a school that's had a lot of success over the last forty years, um, it's a, it's a good job. I will say, I was growing up. I was under the perception. Virginia Tech, with as great as this fan base was, as big as the stadium was, and as much publicity they had, these guys surely have won like three, four national championships. Not one. They have zero. They made. They played with Vic. They played in the national. I think they lost to to Florida State in the national title. They have zero national championships. And so it's it's it is a good well, job. Done, there were the nothing care. before Frank Beamer. Right. So leading into candidates, you have to to call Shane Beamer. Um, or do you? I don't think he leaves. I just don't think he's. I don't think there's any chance he's. He there's no chance he'd leave. He, the type of guy he is, I just cannot imagine that he would. Reading around, I think the guy I would hire is Hugh Freeze. What about? Oh, I, I that that's hey, an awesome hire. What about uh, Dave Clawson, uh, Wake Forest? That's also a good hire. I wonder. I'm going to guess Wake wouldn't match some absurd deal Virginia Tech throws their way or his way, but you never know. Uh, Billy Napier is another name that I'm sure will keep coming up. He'll come for, in every he, season. Yeah, he's a really good coach, but like I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He's probably going to hold out for an SEC job. He's a good enough coach coaching the SEC. So, yeah. The one other name I'd talk an assistant I would toss out maybe be Mike Elko, the A&M team's coordinator, because he was the D.C. At, at Wake Forest before, so he's got some familiarity, but uh, I think you at least got to call Shane Bieber. I, I think you if do. he says no, that's fine. Yeah. But you got to okay. Like, hey, you you got your opportunity. Yeah, wait, yeah. If you want to come back, and but a lot of how many people would want to coach where their dad was a coach for 
what, 40 years? Right. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a ton of pressure. Yeah. And if it goes bad, then you sour that relationship a little bit. It's kind of, and he seems to be starting off with South Carolina. Yeah. He's had a way better year than anybody thought they would. So I I don't think he would leave South Carolina, but you definitely have to make the call out of respect, in my opinion. Think about the possibility. South Carolina plays getting off track really quick. South Carolina plays Auburn and then Clemson. Say they lose to Auburn. Imagine them beating Clemson to become bowl eligible. That'd be would be incredible yeah. for a I team that was projected South three Carolina wins too. this year. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh we touched on this earlier. Bo Nix out uh, for the season with an ankle injury. And then one other thing that I just wanted to throw in there. There's around Twitter, there's been some buzz. You had uh Luganville from ESPN's claiming that he wouldn't be shocked or wouldn't be surprised if if Lincoln Riley ends up being the LSU coach. I told you a year to coach LSU. This guy though is just tossing around his he had nothing to back He's that up. He's just throwing shit at a wall. Uh, he, I, yeah, I saw exactly. I saw a tweet where he said, "Oh, I have no knowledge. I just it would make sense for both sides." I mean, I don't know if it makes sense for Lincoln, other than the fact that if they did offer him more than ten million dollars a year to coach a game, then yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I don't think he's he about turn... to get paid though from OU. Well, yeah, because... I think if he could barter or or negotiate I think with he... OU back to like nine million or something, I think he's staying at OU. But yeah. thirteen million dollars is a ton. Of I money. think this is just him I mean, who knows who he denied leaving. it today which obviously yeah. i i i mean i believe lincoln he seems like a pretty straight shooter he doesn't i mean I, I think it would take lsu offering a lot of money and OU not even like willing to get in the same ballpark at all financially i think although OU is the blue blood lsu if you brought if you went in there and you brought it and you recruited your ass off which it's not that hard to recruit no, to it's lsu it's very easy that could be the better job with OU moving to the uh, SEC. I think it. I I think OU is the better program. I think LSU is a higher that. ceiling job. Correct. Though, yeah. Correct. That's that's an that's a very, if OU now if OU stayed in the Big Twelve, you get to dominate the conference every year. OU is the higher ceiling because they're going to have a chance to yeah. play off every year. But with the move, LSU is the harder job though because of how unruly those fans can yeah. be. I mean, coach three now. National championships in the past 15 years or whatever it was, 20 with years. Very besides saving with two mid-year coaches. Yeah, like Les Miles, he's out of coaching now. Not even and then Coach O is just Coach O's a clown show. Yeah. I mean, like, like he's two years removed from the best, one of the best teams in college football history, and they want him, they want nothing, nothing to do with to do. him. Yeah. Very tough place to win, or not necessarily to win, but just to to be around. I'd say though that in Texas are the two hardest places to please people at. If I'm a if I'm a LSU fan. I'm t- and I've been saying it since the beginning. Aranda is the guy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I fear not. I fear. I just think maybe they don't think Aranda's sexy enough. Which he's not a sexy guy. That's no. not a. He's not got a sexy team like Baylor. No. They they it's not they, the sexy tackle. Guy. Yeah, they they tackle and they run the ball at you. I mean, it's nothing cool about that. He's not going out of the shotgun sixty five times a game and throwing it. But he has. He also has Lincoln Riley's number. Have you seen? So he was the DC when LSU absolutely obliterated OU in the uh, Peach Bowl in the playoffs. He And then last year held OU well under season averages, and then this year they couldn't do anything. That, that guy can coach, can coach some defense. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, they said he, the fewest yards OU's had, like the three fewest games OU's had yards-wise were against Miranda. No, he's he, – he, I mean, not many people have been able to figure out Lincoln make him look like a questionable – but 
or one yeah. that's been able to figure that out. All right. Let me let me uh, say one more thing about ahead. Lincoln Riley because yep. I'm the biggest Riley fan ever, but for someone who hasn't won a playoff game, are you really throwing? I know fifty million. That is, million that is a crazy, very fair but, point, Glenn. Yeah, like, really, yes, or he's even done like 10, amazing, yeah. but he hasn't right. shown to even win one playoff game. So right, I agree. Yeah, you would think that would be a little bit, a little bit aggressive. Um, I feel like that's the money you throw at like a Saban or a, right, or a, a, literally a Saban. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move along into our preview for week 12. We'll make this a little quicker just because of how much time we've we spent on our recap, but uh, some big games to go over here. Uh, Michigan State, 19-point dog, seventh in the most re- recent rankings, stayed in the same spot, traveling to Columbus to face the fourth-ranked Buckeyes. Uh, that, those numbers, Clint, that you mentioned about uh, past defense – I didn't have those by or pulled up, so I didn't know that specifically, but I'm not surprised. I think this is going to be a game where Ohio State is going to sling it all over the field. Michigan State's going to, because of the weakness that is the Ohio State um, path defense, Ohio State can't just really load the box to stop Walker right. because they can't. They can't. No, they can't they cover can't anyone. Trust their guys Michigan State, Peyton Thorne is good enough to throw it all over Ohio State if they decide to load the box yeah. to stop okay. Kenneth Walker. Um, so I like I do like Ohio State here. I like Ohio State in a in a shootout. I'll lean the same thing. Ohio State to shootout. All right, uh, this one might be the one I'm most excited about all week. Uh, Oregon going to Utah. Utah uh, uh, ranked this week. I think 24th to get into the rankings. Uh, they've been they've been rolling. It's a totally different team without or with rising quarterback rather than Brewer, which we've discussed. Oregon just keeps beating teams, surviving. Um, they're not going to be able to run the ball at will on Utah like they have been able to on some of their other conference mates. Anthony Brown's going to have to be able to do stuff um, through the air. Combine that, which I don't think he is necessarily good enough to be it's able to beat average. a team uh, through there. So if you combine that with the atmosphere of them going to Salt Lake City, uh, they're going to probably have to play Utah again. I, I don't think they're going to go 2-0 against Utah. Uh, I think Utah wins uh, and all but om- maybe not eliminates, almost basically eliminates the Patch 12 out of playoff conversation. I'm going to take Utah as well, and I don't know what the total on that game is, but these are two teams that are going to run the ball a decent amount, especially Oregon. I mean, they, they really do like to run the football. I can't imagine a ton of points are going to be scored. So the total no. like 49 and a half or something. Let's see. Total is – 58 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Under, Look, under. I'm, I'm going under 50. Vegas that. knows, but like that number is absurdly high. Like, Utah's offense has been a lot more explosive with rising. Their run now, game has but, been really, really good. Yeah, on the but foot, Oregon's, Oregon's defense, defense good. is yeah. I love, I love that under. That sounds, that sounds too good to be true. I might lock that I'm gonna in right clock, now. I'm going to clock that one right now. So All right. We'll uh, move along here. Uh, Oklahoma. I was saying my internet connection is unstable, just a heads up. So if we end up with more technical difficulties here, that is why. Um, um, But uh, Oklahoma looking to bounce back against Iowa State. Iowa State only a four-point dog to Oklahoma. Clint, could you look to see the last time OU, if you have the ability to, the last time OU was only a four-point favorite at home? Yeah. Besides, or I would against a Big 12 team, because I would imagine maybe Ohio State when they were in Norman, that's probably a close to a pick and type game. Sooner is big Saturday. They don't lose games like this twice in a row. 
I I agree, but this this team though has I also didn't think OU would lose games in November. I thought the same thing last week. So I don't know what to expect. I'm gonna pick OU, and I do think I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna bet on OU to cover. I think there's a good chance they're gonna cover just because well, I wouldn't touch the line. Yeah, but I do think I think they will cover, but I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, I the agree. situation I think because I, they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what to expect, but I do think I just don't think they're gonna lose back to back conference games. I don't well, they did that last season, I guess, against K State and Iowa State. But late in the season like this, I as much as OU as it seems like a struggle, the OU is still against one loss. As bad as OU struggles have been, Iowa State's been 10 times. Worse. I wonder if this is one of those games though that Iowa State's like, well, we the season's it's lost to them, but we can prove that hey, this is what we should have been doing this yeah. whole time. So maybe oh, they no, come out and they play way harder. I don't know. I think no, no I I I I don't know. I no, both of the it's a com- it's not just the unknowns of Oklahoma and the Oklahoma offense now and the Oklahoma defense. You know, don't know don't know what you'll get out of either. Uh, it's the unknown of Iowa State too. I mean, this is I think the hardest one to project this week. Fifteenth year senior Brock Purdy. I mean, he he can still <laughs> he can still cut guys up on on offense, but Charlie Kolar still a matchup problem for most teams. Spe- <laughs> Oklahoma, one thing to watch is who does OU put uh, out at Nickelback if they. If it's Justin Broyles out there trying to guard Charlie Kolar, it's going to be a long, long day for the Oklahoma defense. I would look to see if you see number 12, Key Lawrence, slide uh, into that nickel spot. He's a little bit – I think he's 6'2". and could be better physical matchup on Kolar. Sooner's roll, though. We will see. <laughs> we, we will see. Um, SMU uh, traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's first test uh, since that Notre Dame game. Ponies are 11.5-point dogs. As, as if you'd asked me a month ago, if I think SMU's chances, I probably wouldn't have been as high on them, even with their struggles lately. Uh, from what I've seen out of to, out of Cincinnati's defense of late, I think SMU's gonna gonna score and score uh, and score enough. Uh, is Jim Levitt's defense going to be able to hold up against Cincinnati? Um, Cincinnati, like OU, has been playing with fire though, and I think it, it's going to catch up to him this week. Being their one uh, main test of the year, I think this is the the SMU is the the team um, with the ability to take down Cincinnati, and I think uh, I think it finally comes back, and I think uh, hit or I think Mordecai is a big day. I think uh, if Danny Gray is healthy, that's another thing to watch out for. It's gonna be tough for SMU if Gray is not there, but they still have Rice and. Uh, uh, and Roberson, so they should be fine even without him. Uh, Ulysses Bentley, the running back, seems to be seems Sick, to be man. healthy, yeah, and he's been out. So that him being back totally changes their offense that showed against UCF last week. So I think SMU up pulls off this stunner uh, over Cincinnati. I'm also going to pick SMU. I just don't. The Cincinnati team has looked sketchier and sketchier on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, 28 points to the South bad. Imagine That's, what SMU could do. Exactly. So I think SMU, they win. I definitely think they cover the 11 and a half. That's, that's a lot of points, but yeah. I, think I do SMU think re- SMU's defense has been very, very questionable. So it yeah. could be, a big could be lots of points yeah. too Saturday. Yeah, could, I, I think that'll be a more entertaining game than that spread I, leads on. I bet. I wonder, I would like, I would check the over out on that one. I'm not sure what it, what it is. It is 65. I kind of like that over. I like that over. Uh, kind of like it as well. All right. Uh, we'll move along here. Uh, one we touched on earlier, Wake Forest, four-and-a-half-point dog at Clemson. Wake needs to win either this one or against BC 
Thanksgiving weekend uh, to lock up a spot in the ACC title game. Man, I just think Wake's the better team here. I I really, really do. There's nothing that tells me Clemson should be a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Clemson's defense is really good, and no doubt this is going to be the biggest test defensively this explosive Wake offense has seen. But, I mean, Wake's offense is awesome, and Clemson, they, they'll be able to score just because Wake Forest Stevens isn't good. But I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with the, the Demon Deacons here. I like uh, I like Wake. I would I would say I think I'll, I might – be intrigued by Wake money line, uh, but definitely Wake plus four and a half. Yeah, uh, this is, I think, if you look at Wake's schedule, probably they're athletically, I guess, if you just went pure raw athleticism, t- toughest. this is the toughest one. I think second was Florida State, and they beat Florida State pretty handily. I, don't, I haven't seen a Florida State recruiting class in a while, but I know they still do, just a name brand. But this is definitely going to be their toughest test. It's also physically. Clemson's still a very physical oh, football team, especially on the defensive side of the football. That being said, I do like Wake outright. I think they're the better football team. They have the far better offense. I think they're going to still be able to score points and do enough to win. Isn't it crazy to think how close Clemson was to beating Georgia? Yeah, you wonder. Pick six. That's kinda, it. Yeah, it's kind of like the OU Texas deal. You wonder how their season's going. Eventually, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it would have been. I don't. Think, I think they would have lost the same. I don't. Eventually, they would have been the the flaws exposed and. Yeah, their offense has been non-existent all season. Yeah. They DJ just, is not what we thought or no, what I thought he was. No. Definitely. Well, I mean, it's, after watching him last year against Notre Dame, I think everyone thought he was going to be. He looked the, next the part. He, he still looks the part, but um, yeah, he's not great. All right. Uh, pretty uh, important one in the SEC West with Arkansas traveling to Tuscaloosa looking uh, for a monumental upset for, for Sam Pittman. I'll be in attendance. I'll be in Tuscaloosa for this one. Um, I think. Alabama's, um, you know, uh, they played New Mexico State last week, so the concerns aren't gone with the run game. Arkansas is a tough defense. Alabama needs to be able to, to show that they can run the ball. Um, and also, I think – I do think it's a good matchup for Alabama defensively because Arkansas shrinks on the ground. Uh, and – Early in the season, there were teams like Florida that exposed Alabama's run defense. But in general, I'm more concerned about Alabama's defensive backs uh, and coverage. Um, so that being said, I like Alabama to win pretty comfortably. Um, probably won't touch this one, but if I had to decide, I'd maybe take uh, Arkansas to cover the 21. I think they're a good team, and um, I think Alabama still has plenty of question marks. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Alabama as well. Um, in regards to the spread, I wouldn't take Arkansas anything um... – lower than the 21 no, if no. you can't you want the, you want the three yeah yeah you need it you need that football number if it goes anything below that i wouldn't touch it but um really the i would say the most underrated game of the weekend is baylor traveling to kansas state k-state actually opened as a one point flipped and baylor's now favored by one um two very very similar teams um Baylor has a little more, a little more explosiveness offensively, but two teams that want to control the ball, uh, keep the ball out of the other team's hands, uh, and both play really, really good, fun, fundamentally sound football. I like Baylor here. Um, I just think that they'll be locked in. It is going to be a tough atmosphere. Manhattan's a tough place to play. Um, I just don't know if Kansas State quite has enough to keep up with with Baylor. But it wouldn't shock me at all if K-State won either. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I'm going to pick Baylor, too, just based off of the fact K-State, they've, they've looked solid against the bad teams and the average teams. They haven't beat anybody good yet, no. though. 
So I can't confidently pick Baylor, even though I do like uh, what Kleiman's doing. This is year two now or year three. I think it's year two, I believe. I'd also like to see K-State next year. It's going to be fun to watch them have a new quarterback, not yeah, named, uh, Skyler Howard. Skyler Thompson. Thompson, yeah, excuse me. Um, Will Howard's their backup. Yeah. I mean, they've had it, – it's tough. I feel like sometimes these programs, like State, for example, you can't bench a Brock Purdy or a Skyler Thompson. They've been there so long. They're respected. They, they, they play well. At the same time, I'm sure as a fan, some of them are kind of like, well, let's see what else we have. But I think it's I think four years of the same thing. Like, but we've seen what K State is with Will. Oh, Howard. yeah. K State's not great with Will. I, is K State lost? A, I know OU beat K State and the first game, uh, Thompson came back from injury. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I, I think that's their. Did you, did Oklahoma State was, was Thompson playing? They that? got, they got a little bit of both. I think they got some Will Howard. Some so Scott. I think it was the, that was the game he got injured was the Oklahoma State game. Yeah. Let me double check, but I'm pretty sure really early in the year or two that game was. Man, if Kansas State beats Baylor though, that really changed yeah, he, the not, Yeah. He, Skyler Thompson did not play. It yeah. So they, I think Lewis. they've only lost that one. I think they've only lost one game with him under center and that was to Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, if, if, if K State knocks off Baylor, uh, that Oklahoma fans should be rooting for uh, KS8 big time because if you don't like the thought of having, if you don't like OU's chances of beating Oklahoma State twice in a row, then uh, you want you want Baylor to every man a wildcat. Lose. That's what EMA stands yeah. for for all you OU fans out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, keep it in the Big Twelve. Your pokes are heading to Texas Tech. Texas Tech uh, playing or played really well last week, played with some energy. Um, we could have another situation where I don't know if they can replicate that. Um, I like OSU to win here. I do think it's a, uh, a one-possession game. I think I think Tech will hang around. I think there's probably some energy with that recent hire and them having that big win over Iowa State. Um, I think they'll be, I think they'll be um, ready to go. And Lubbock at night is just a little bit scary. I'd feel much confident if they're playing this game at, I don't know, 9 a.m. Uh, <laughs> people are going to be riled up. It is a very tough place to play, even as, as average or down they've been the past decade. But I do like the pokes. Uh, another, I mean, every game is big this part of the season. When, you're, when you get into, into November and you still have championship aspirations, every game is a big one. I do think it's been to OSU's benefit that Texas tech with a big win last week. And then the week before TCU beat Baylor that helps your guys get up a yeah. little bit easier. Cause you can put on the film and say, look, they can, beat, play they, yeah. Like you, you have to show up. And I think Gundy said that in his press conference the other day that he, he reiterates every Monday, like, Hey, we can't, I tell the guys, I, we can't just go and, and practice like shit and not watch film and go out and beat people which is funny because he mentioned the 2011 team. He's like, we could, we could have not practiced three, four days out of the week and still gone and, and beat people on Saturday. Yeah. But this is one of the more mature. This Oklahoma State team is so It's just mature. different. Yeah. yeah, you saw the the stat you yeah. sent me of the how many defenders we have, people on the defense we have over 21 or 21 years or older. It's a long list of a lot of guys who play. Dude, there was like, there had to have been six or seven names that were 23 guys, or 24 years. Yeah, you have some guys. Christian Holmes. Started I'm 24, 24 and I graduated old. college almost – Two and, um, a half, two and a half years ago. But surprisingly enough, only two of them are the sixth year senior. How who were the two twenty? Well, Christian Holmes, he's a fifth year senior. He um from Missouri. 
or he might be a super senior. So it might be three, but then Malcolm Rodriguez, I can't remember his age, but he's one of the older, he's the sixth year and Devin Harper also a sixth year. So the linebacking core, very deep, very experienced Malcolm Rodriguez. I don't see how he couldn't be first team all big 12 at this point. Oh, he's got he it. just makes every fucking play. They got Trey Sterling back Saturday. He so, sued up. They said his hand was good enough. Who's been playing in place of Sterling? Jason Taylor. He's um, been playing really well. Hasn't he's he? very good. He, so does he, he finds he, a way to starts. the ball. I think they'll keep rolling with Taylor because they need to get Sterling more reps. I don't think he got to practice. I tell you, he barely played last Man. Saturday. He, he's got the cast on too, but having four safeties what who can go does. Room. Yeah. It does not hurt at all. Who else? Who's the fourth? Uh, Madre Harper. And that is a loaded Wait, safety room. No, Thomas Harper. See, Madre is a different kid, but Thomas is, he's a little bit skinnier. He doesn't hit as hard as the other three, but he's, he's still a really good football player, but they can also, they have the ability the way they've recruited to slide corners to safety and vice versa, which is, which is nice. Yeah. I wouldn't touch the spray, but you like though. pokes though. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't touch 10 and a half. So sketchy them. All right, let's move into this last batch again. We're just going to rapid fire through these ones. USC, UCLA. Uh, I like UCLA to go into uh, the Coliseum and win. Bruins. Uh, Arizona State at Oregon State, a sneaky Oregon State team. They're both eligible, so Jonathan Smith's done a good job there. Uh, Arizona State is uh, – you do not know any week what to expect from them. Uh, I'll go with Arizona State here, but not confidently. I'll take Oregon State because the chainsaw noise on third down every time the other team has the ball. All right. Nebraska, nine-point dog at Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wins this one because Nebraska just can't win. But, I mean, Nebraska – I got Nebraska plus 10 already, and I love it. I do like that number, but I like Wisconsin to win the football yeah, game. Yeah, I do too. But And Wisconsin's been – their offense has gotten it together. So, uh, Virginia, 14-and-a-half-point dog against Pitt. I think just like last week, a lot this comes down to whether Brennan Armstrong plays. Uh, I like Pitt either way. Uh, if Brennan Armstrong plays, I think it'll be this could be a, will be a shootout, and I would like the over in that situation. And it will be a really really exciting good football game. If he doesn't, Pitt will Pitt will, should roll there. I will retweet everything you just said. All right, uh, Illinois, uh, twelve and a half point dog traveling to Iowa. Brett Bielema uh, tested positive for COVID, so he will not be on the sidelines. Uh, I think Illinois will have and a half, uh, but Iowa will win and never really be threatened. I'm going to say Iowa 16 to zero. There we go. Love it. Just a very Love big that. 10 score. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, 17 point dog at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame will win this one. Uh, they may, I, I don't, I don't wish they'll win. They should all also, uh, Georgia Tech stinks. Yeah. Georgia Tech's not good. You, uh, uh, this is Big a sneaky one good for, yeah, game. Really sneaky yeah. game uh, in the Conference USA. UTSA, still undefeated, uh, ranked, hosting UAB, who's kind of been the uh, the top dog uh, under Bill Clark. Ever since the they brought that program back. Yeah. I mean, they were doing good before they axed it for no reason. But If this one was in Birmingham, I'd probably lean towards UAB. But I would imagine this will be a, a – they'll get a good, good crowd support inside yeah. the Alamo Dome for this one. Uh, they were scared by Southern Miss last week, which is probably good. I think it was them. a look ahead. Yeah. They, they were a little bit less concerned about Southern Miss, and rightfully so. They have one win, but yeah. So I like you. I mean, I sorry, I like UTSA here. I I'll, I think the Roadrunners win, but this this could all throughout. All right, uh, Michigan, fifteen point favorite at Maryland. Uh, I like Michigan to win. Michigan. I saw a stat: Maryland against the spread as a home dog in the Big Ten is like 
13 and, and 40 or something. They're just abysmal when they're a home dog. They, they stink. I think Maryland or Michigan wins and they went big. All right. Uh, Auburn is traveling to South Carolina. Um, Auburn, seven and a half point dog, South Carolina. Um, been playing better football. Lost a tough one to Missouri last week. Uh, beat Florida the week before. Um, seven and a half point dog. No Bo Nix. TJ Finley is going to get the start. TJ Finley is a solid quarterback. Probably a little bit uh, uh, more conservative offense, but also not quite as turnover prone as you are with Knicks. Uh, I think Auburn is going to win this one, but I, I think South, I like South Carolina to cover this one a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I hate my Gamecocks and uh, their three and a half team total wins this season, but I like Auburn as well. Just not enough firepower from South Carolina on offense. They struggle. Uh, in the AAC, Houston, they don't really have that. They didn't really have that many tests uh, in conference play. They got to avoid uh, uh, Cincinnati in the regular season. So this game against Memphis is probably one of their, I don't know who they're finishing with, but um, last opportunities to get tripped up before uh, uh, the conference title game. Uh, Memphis has been all over the place. They've gotten some good wins. They beat SMU, they beat uh, Mississippi State, but they've also lost to East Carolina last week. They've lost some some, some of the bottom, bottom feeders in the AAC. Uh, I think Houston will be ready to roll in this one and uh, and win, uh, but I think Memphis will cover the nine and a half. Uh, Houston pretty – I think Houston covers. I think they win by 13, 17 points, somewhere in there, but Memphis is very uninspiring. Good one in the Mountain West. Air Force one-and-a-half-point dog at Nevada. Nevada coming off that tough loss. Um I do think they bounce back and uh, beat Air Force. I like Nevada. All right. A couple more here, both in the Big 12. KU traveling to TCU. So my initial reaction is TCU, KU, no way. uh, Responds to that win. But but, but Chandler Morris, I think, is questionable. Um, Duggan, I don't think, is back. A beat up. So TCU might be down to the third string quarterback, and I don't know who that is. They have they're down to Z, they have no scholarship running backs available on Saturday. Mm-hmm. None, not a single scholarship running back available. In- so they only had one for the OSU game. Well, and when was the last time Kansas went back to back? I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm just saying I I think hey, you're gonna play them kind of. Cool. So you're saying you think 22 is a, a large number? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I would never advise anyone to bet on KU. Yeah, no, that's, that's so I'm not gonna do that, but I'm tempted by it. I'll take TCU just because I just don't – Kansas two weeks in a row, that'd be incredible. Yeah. If 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 they win this one, Lance Leopold should He's, get he, a I lifetime say, extension. I would also say if he – uh, I wouldn't actually say this, but you could make like a joking kind of serious Coach argument. of the year? He should win Big 12 Coach of the Year over Gundy because he got yeah. Kansas to four wins or whatever it is. Yeah. No, it would be – it would be as good of a coaching job. He wouldn't win it, but it would be – that would be – It's be very incredible. impressive yeah. if he does that. All right, and lastly, uh, the Texas Longhorns looking to uh, avoid their six straight traveling uh, to Rocky or, – or to uh, sorry, to uh, West Virginia, um, Texas two-and-a-half-point dog. I think they've given up at this point. So I think I'm going to go West Virginia. But, I, but then again, I just don't know if I see them. See, normally, like you said last week, Texas will have – they don't lose five in a row. They'll get their yeah, wins they never, here and there. But now that they've actually that. done this, I think they might have given up. I think they haven't hit rock bottom yet. I think like that as bad as that Kansas loss is, I don't think they're all the way down yet. 
I think Saturday. I think West Virginia. Yeah, if this them. was at home, I think they'd win. But so if they if they lose Saturday, is, is Sark fired? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he can get fired. This see, season. I don't think so either. Their donors, all a million of them, that'd be nuts. That would be nuts. They all think differently. And like, and I mean, you also don't want to be competing for the same guy head coach wise as USC or LSU. LSU it's a bad year. That, it's a bad year to to need to hire. You're right. Yeah. No, as a big as a blue ball. Well, yeah. No, I I think that would be well. Then once Lincoln so. leaves for LSU, you're competing with OU for yep. the next guy. So oh yeah, that would be wild. That. That would be insane. What if that Lincoln would... just went to Texas? He's like, you know what? Screw it. If if Lincoln, they're giving me fifteen Lincoln, million a year, if Lincoln did go to LSU, could Who you, would you imagine... want to hire as an OU fan? Is there? A name I don't even want. I, I haven't even thought about it. Uh, I don't want to. Josh think about it. <laughs> comes to mind. Yo, Clint. Josh Heupel would be a home run hire for the Sooners. Mm. He has SEC ties already. He's been in the state. Oh God! Would be the Lincoln Riley would be. <laughs> I think would be like type hate oh, be, in the state of Oklahoma yeah, if yeah. if he left. Um, God, yeah, it, the, the reactions would be pretty great. Um, all right, uh, that is all we have for our preview. Uh, so, uh, Clint, let's uh, let's wrap it up here with some trivia. All right, let's do it. All right, start us off. Question one: Put these stadiums in order from most to least capacity. Texas, yeah. LSU, Nebraska. Okay, so so they're all in the in the upper. I think Texas might be. I think Nebraska is the least of those three. I know Texas. I'm pretty sure they lost seats actually when they did the renovation. I could be wrong. So I think that. I think Nebraska's mid mid 80s. I think Texas is low mid 90s, and I think LSU is in the same range as Texas. So do we want to go LSU? Wait, did you say from biggest to smallest? No, I, I think yeah, Nebraska biggest is the smallest. to smallest. So do you want to do LSU? What Texas, do you think? Nebraska? What do you think? What do you think is bigger, LSU or Texas? Having I've seen I think the LSU, outside of LSU, I think it's bigger from the outside. I've I, been on the inside of Texas. Let's say LSU, Texas, Nebraska. You want to do that? Final, yeah. Final yeah. Final answer. answer. It goes LSU one hundred two thousand, Texas ninety five thousand, Nebraska eighty five thousand. Wow. I swear Texas did actually lose seats when they built the cervix in the end zone. They, <laughs> no, 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 that's that. a the word though. <laughs> that's a real like OU when they. Bowled they lost in. seats too. Didn't yeah, they? it didn't like. Well, the stadium got bigger because they bowled it in, but it was like bare. It was like a couple thousand, even though like yeah. theoretically, with the OU does of- need to recount their seats because those bleacher seats are way too small. Number it like the, the spacing, in my opinion. A lot of big OU fans out there. We'll so. send that up to uh, up yeah. The OU tree. Semi official complaint to Josie <laughs> and the boys. We'll do. All right, one for one. Question two: What SEC running back was the first running back taken in the 2015 NFL draft? Feels like Derrick Henry. It feels like Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, he won who the else? Heisman around then? Yeah, I think he won the 2014 Heisman. Be- well, he the, the, they do the Heisman in January. The drafts in April. So he no, no, the Heisman's in December. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's right after. It's that uh, Army or Army Navy Day. Oh, I do. Ten like, seconds. I feel like it was Derrick. Let's do it, Derrick Henry. Todd Gurley, which is much Todd more recent than I thought. EG3. When did Derrick Henry? How long has he been in the league? What year did uh, Henry get drafted? It, that might have been the same. Say like 2016 or 17. That's what he's about to say. It's going to be 2016. He might have won the 2015 Heisman. Um, I don't know, but doesn't it seem like Todd Gurley? I, I don't know. He's so old. weird. It's, when you, in I running guess. back years, he's. I mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't even play football anymore. 
2016. I guess that is almost seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of old for running backs, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, One for two. Question three. Can you guys hear me? You're kind of breaking up. Yep. Yeah, we got you. All right. Question three. What college did Dolphins receiver Devontae Parker play for? Louisville. And unless, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Louisville. Dang it. I thought that would be a tough one. I don't know if I'm going to stump any of these with you two, the college for NFL players. All right. Two for three. Question four. In 2012, the top four passing yard leaders were from the Big 12. Landry Jones, Nick Florence, Seth Dagey, and what other quarterback? Wow. Wow. Wait, All right. Wait. We so can... Dagey's brother. <laughs> yeah. He beat OU in Norman. Yeah. Michael Hunt. Wait, so, choke job. So, okay. So. What year was this? I'll give you some time. Would it's uh, 2012. Robinson? No, it would have been post Whedon, so it would have been uh, Chelf. So pro- maybe not him. Probably not him, but let me. Uh, did you say David Seth Ash, Rush? Did maybe? you say Seth Russell, Clint? Seth Dagey. Oh, yeah. Or who was the. Can you name the. Oh, Nick Florence. Though? Nick Florence. Baylor, Baylor, yeah. So we had Baylor. Okay, let's just think what Big 12 school. It wouldn't have been. Colin Klein would have been around, he wouldn't have been a passing leader. No. Um, no one at Kansas, no one at Iowa State, not TCU because that was in between. Oh, what about Geno Smith? Yeah, I don't hate that. Yes, at all because I think he that was right around. He might, it was either like he was there. I know in 2011, and I feel like probably in 2012 too. I, I, I kind of like I'm comfortable with that. Yes, I, I just don't know who because it wasn't a TCU kid. It wasn't a Kansas kid. Colin Klein was there, yeah, but, but I don't think he was yeah. lighting up. Let's go with that. Yeah. Geno Smith. Good. Well, Good. well thought out and well spoken out. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Is that yeah, three for four. Question five: What future NFL Hall of Famer won the 2003 Bolitnikoff Award? That's Larry Fitz. Yeah, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. Four for five. NCAA Shit. football. NCAA football 2003. Yeah. What a performance. Hey. Yeah, that that was. We were on point there. Yeah. All right. I'll, I guess I'll wrap us up here. Um, as always, really, really appreciate everyone uh, joining us. Um, a lot of fun kind of on the home stretch of the football season here. So uh, tune in uh, each Wednesday or we've been putting out Wednesday nights. So Wednesday yeah. or Thursday um, each week uh, and, and give us a follow on social media at fifth year podcast on Twitter and at the fifth year podcast on Instagram. And we'd really appreciate it if you liked subscribed uh, rated uh, the podcast on Apple podcast, that would be cool. Uh, but if not, no big deal either. Um, let's have a awesome week 12. Appreciate everyone listening.